Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,888. Be prepared to be inspired. Today, we're going on a deadly drive. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. What could be more exhilarating than speeding through the tight turns of a mountain road after flying in on a private jet to gamble in the casino at Monte Carlo? Then after racing in an incredible Grand Prix, you board a luxury yacht to party with your favorite celebrities. For Formula One driver Bryce Winters, he was having the time of his life until the CIA put a gun to his head. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yacht. Today, I'm in beautiful Philadelphia with a very special guest by the name of J.K. Kelly. J.K., welcome to Cars Yacht. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's get it on. Let's do it. All right. Well, drop the hammer, as they say. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, and we dive into this magnificent book that you've written, it's a real thriller, but it's all tied around race car drivers. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you, J.K.? Uh, the biggest thing I think they don't know about me is that I was, I was adopted by a funeral director. So I grew up in a funeral home Wow! and the first car I ever got to race on the street was a big block Cadillac hearse. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> you raced a hearse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that was all well and good till my dad found out about it. And uh, it was particularly perturbed that we had the Kelly name and the side windows on the hearse. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that came to a quick end, but yeah, that's what people don't know about me. Yeah. Well, hopefully it didn't come into a really bad quick end. Excuse the pun working at a funeral <laughs> home. But uh, now I have to ask because I've known people that have grown up. Uh, I have one uh, past coworker that grew up in uh, a funeral home. What's what maybe one thing growing up in a funeral home? Because you're surrounded by people that have passed on and people are mourning and the sadness, but you have to honor the family and the deceased and treat them with respect and kindness and understanding. What's a one big thing you learned growing up in that environment about life? Uh, just to value every moment of it, never take anything for granted because I did see many, many, many times how quickly things can end. Everything from from an infant who uh, had been uh, brutalized by a babysitter all the way up to a 95 or 100-year-old guy that had made it made it to 100 and then that, his time was called. So um, you just never know what's around the corner, so you got to go for the gusto. That's right, and that's what we're all about here is living life to its fullest and doing what you enjoy. Let me give you a brief introduction here. J.K. Kelly is an automotive author who first got hooked on motorsports after attending his first NASCAR event at Pocono. In his early years, he sold his motorsports photographs to magazines and submitted feature stories, which led to even more work. He landed a job as the PR director for Daryl Waltrip, yeah, that guy, and the Die Guard Gatorade 88 NASCAR team. No, I didn't plan that he's guest number 1,888. It just kind of happened that way. Yeah, kind of cool. He worked uh, at VP Racing Fuels as their regional manager for the Northeast and spent 30 years there, eventually being named Director of Sales and marketing. He retired when the company was sold and got back into his passion for writing. He wrote Fueling Around, I love that title, about his time in motorsports and his most recent novel we're going to be talking about today is titled 
Deadly Driver. The blends are this show, are this book I should say blends his love for storytelling with his writing skills and the experience he had working with government agencies while at BP Racing Fuels and the time he spent in motorsports. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsor. So give him a listen. Hang on to your seats with the JK today talking about Deadly Driver. We'll be right back. One of your vehicle's interior surfaces that gets a lot of abuse is your dashboard. The sun beats down and those damaging UV rays cause massive heat cycles, resulting in color changes and sometimes cracks. My friends at Covercraft have a great solution for you and for me. Their custom-tailored dash mats protect your dash from heat buildup while providing a stylus solution. You can choose from a variety of styles and colors, including carpet, suede mat, that's the one I have for my vehicles, Carhartt limited edition velour mats, and the Ultimat for trucks and SUVs. Another great benefit of your Covercraft dash mat is that it eliminates the harsh glare the sun produces from your dash to the inside of your windshield, which can make driving a hazard. Covercraft's dash mat design center is located in Arizona, where they know about harsh sun. I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider, according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, JK, we're back. So we're going to dive a little deeper in the corner and talk about this book and what it's all about. Now, it's a thriller and it's really exciting. You know, I'll tell you, my wife is not that much into cars, but she reads massive number of books. And when your books arrived, and by the way, listeners, I'm going to be giving away a signed copy of Deadly Driver. So if you have not subscribed to the Car Show website, you need to go do that. Just click on the free book button. I'll send you my free filler up book and your name will be in the hat. But my wife saw this and she picked it up because she saw the words, a thriller. 
She goes, can I borrow one of these before you give it away? I said, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this great adventure. You know, your life around cars and racing, and you can touch on that, of course, at first, what you've done, because you've taken your passion and you've tied it up into a very, very exciting book. So take the wheel. Well, thanks for that, Mark. Well, as you said, I spent 30 years with VP Racing Fuels. And when I started with them, it was just really a startup in San Antonio. By, started by a young man named Steve Burns. And I was one of the first managers that they hired that worked the Northeast office that we opened up in Chester, Pennsylvania. And before long, I started working the rest of the world, Europe, parts of South America, the South African continent, et cetera, et cetera. And what I was able to do, I've been going around the world, meeting people and selling racing fuel and showing people how to tune engines and things like that. I got to also work with a lot of different importer exporters, a lot of officials in the government that were overseeing the handling of hazmat materials and such. And when 9-11 happened, things got a little crazy with, with security related to hazardous materials. So I got even more contact with people like the FBI, TSA, DEA, et cetera, et cetera. So when I finally retired, I went back to writing, as you had said earlier. I wrote the book Fueling Around, which was about my, my lifetime in motorsports and how I got into it. And went through a couple other books that I've written as well. And then I came full circle to Deadly Driver. I wanted to write another thriller that would take motorsports into it. Because anything that I can do to attract attention to motorsports is what I try and do. Years ago, for instance, I would go to a racetrack. The tracks would be packed standing room only, et cetera, et cetera. And then when the recession came about in 2008, a lot of people stopped going to races. And mm. I've always done whatever I could to get fans back in the stands. And so if it turns out that this thriller can grow some attention, um, Autosport Magazine in England, when they reviewed it, they said that this book could be regarded as a gateway to non-race fans to Formula One. So mission accomplished as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Now, without giving away too much, how would you describe kind of the overview of the exciting things that this book ties into? Because before we started the show and you dialed in here, I read on the back of the book what started with what could be more exhilarating than speeding through the tight turns and mountain roads. And I, I gave the listeners here kind of a little enticement of your main main person, the race car driver, Bryce Winters in this. How would you describe to somebody who hasn't picked up the book yet what the book's about to get them to pick up the book and read it? Pretty simple. Bryce is just a, a, a young kid who grew up in, in Vermont, racing through the hills in Vermont in an old pickup truck. And before you know it, he tried a little rally racing and then something happened, which drove him into something that he considered more safer. So he got into oval track racing. And before you know it, he met somebody who liked him, put some money behind him, and the world became his oyster and he became a, a Formula One champion. In the midst of this, as is the case with anyone's life, you just never know what's going to happen. And so something happens involving the CIA and Bryce. And um, from there, he gets, it gets very complicated. It, uh, it's a thrill a minute. And uh, he tries to get away from the entanglements he's gotten with the government and get back to racing and chase a woman that he's fallen for. <laughs> There's always a woman in the deal, isn't there? <laughs> uh, you got it. Yeah. Well, well the, poor guy, the poor guy lost his high school sweetheart to a drunk driver in Vermont. And so he's focused on racing. He's put his head down and just done nothing but race, race, race. And finally, he's met someone that's uh, given him an opportunity to, to start to feel something again. So not only is his passion for racing and winning and representing America, um, his passion is for this woman. And um, it gets pretty complicated. But the, the best thing I can say that makes me most proud is that people like the pacing of my books. They think they're very fast paced. I know a lot of people have told me 
some people love books. And there's other folks that I know that have told me that they've not read a book since high school. And I can understand why. There's some books that spend 10 minutes describing what a living room looks like. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and that's not my style. I'm almost like a joke teller where, where you say a gorilla walked into a bar. I don't tell you what color the, the wallpaper was. I don't tell you the color of the bar. I just go about my business. I give some color and some touches so you get, get what's going on. You can visualize it, but I don't spend a lot of time on it. So any for anybody out there that doesn't read that often, but you want to get something that is very fast-paced, that will definitely hold your attention, Deadly Driver could probably do that. Oh, it definitely will do that. You know, this is 323 pages, so it really goes into some things, but it does exactly what you said. My wife, Jill, reads probably two, three books a week. She just devours them. I don't read as many. I'm just too busy right now, but I love books. And one of the things she was saying the other day about this, she does a lot of audio, listens to a lot of audio books too. That can, she can still keep working, driving, and so forth. And the other day she said, God, this book could be so good, but this guy spends like, you know, half an hour telling me what the mountains look like. I'm like, what does that have to, <laughs> what does that have to do with this person lost in the mountains? I don't really care. You know, just get on with it. So uh, uh-huh. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And especially for us automotive people, race fans, it sounds like your life around racing, you've encompassed a lot of those factual details into this book because a lot of times you read a book and somebody you can tell pretty quick especially in the car world if somebody really isn't mm-hmm. a car person you kind of sniff it out right yes very much so you see that also in, in books where you've got military themes you can tell when somebody's never handled a gun or never never shot a rifle or something along those lines but uh for everything that i've that i've written about i've pretty much experienced an awful lot of it or been very close to someone who could give me the real life feel and smell and taste of what something is like and so that's why I research as much as I can. I've traveled a lot and um, I absorb as much as I possibly can. Great job. Love it. I like to ask guests about dri- what I call driving inspirations, people that have been key mentors or influential people in your life. You've been around some incredible people in your life, uh, especially when you talk about working with Daryl Waltrip uh, and all the different teams and people you've been around. Is there a big key influential person in your life? There's been a lot of people that have helped me along the way um, in business and in in personal things, but I think the one who gave me the best advice years and years ago, it kind of goes back to the time with Waltrip. The car owners uh, were Bill and uh, Bill Gardner and his brother, Jim. Jim was the president. He's the one who hired me to work in Charlotte. And he said to me when I was hired, he said, you're going to encounter a lot of millionaires, a lot of important people, a lot of celebrities. And I'm going to give you one bit of advice. Keep your mouth shut and ears open you will learn a tremendous amount and you're able to use that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty much what I did. I just uh, just paid attention, didn't say much. Uh, a lot of people think when they get to meet me, they, they think I'm a quiet individual. I'm not introverted at all, but I just have always been a person who absorbs what's going on before I dive in. And so uh, listening is key. That's brilliant advice. Listen. Yeah, I think that's why uh, uh, nature gave us uh, two ears, two eyes, and one mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, wait a second. There's some people talk out of something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's more than one. <laughs> that's true. But, uh, Absolutely. But it is true. And even, even as a salesperson, uh, when I started at VP Racing Fields, um, we were doing in a month, sales might have been $3,000 in a month. This is back in the late 70s. And when I retired, uh, you're talking $3,000 a minute, that type of stuff. So uh, we grew and grew and grew the business. A lot of people worked very, very hard doing it. We had really great products, as they still do. But what I found as a sales guy, a lot of people need to just listen. If you're a salesperson, you need to listen too, because a lot of times the guy on the other side of the phone or the other guy on the side of the desk will tell you what he wants. 
But if you're sitting there flapping your gums, you're missing that he just told you all he wants, all he needs. If you would just pick up that gem and deliver what he's asking for or get close to it, you got a sale. Oh, yeah. 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 I've dealt with a lot of sales. Yeah. I've listened. I've I've dealt with a lot of salespeople over my career and the best ones were the best listeners. They would ask a few questions and then be quiet. And eventually you would tell them exactly what you wanted from them. And then, yeah, yeah, just deliver it. Pretty simple. And a lot of times, a lot of times the people that you talk to, especially people that are higher up with, with the stature and, and power and companies, They've got egos. That's one of the, one of the ways they got there because they've got their ego driven and they, they thrive on, on successes. And so let sitting back and letting them talk. Hey, that's fine. That's what they like doing. So show them the respect they're looking for and you'll end up uh, getting the account. Yeah, they'll tell you all sorts of cool things. We'll take a short break. We come back. I'm going to talk about a challenge in your life, maybe in writing books or maybe it's somewhere else. So keep that thought in mind. We'll be right back. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. So let's talk about this a little bit. Obstacles, challenges, failures, road bumps, uh, guardrails, whatever it might be. Whether it's related to this book or, mo- or not, it doesn't really matter. I'm more ex- uh, interested in the experience and also the lesson that it taught you. So take us on a bit of a rough ride. Well, it's funny. Um, chilling around chronicles so many of those things um we've done so many different things uh, around the world that were very interesting and very challenging but i think i think the most rewarding battle we fought was we took on the global refiners bp was just as little company as i described earlier and we went after sunoco union 76 elf which is now total shell which has since gotten out of the racing field business and some of the other little players over the years that have come and gone and so when you're a little startup company with very little money to spend going up against a global giant, 
who has an unlimited budget. They've got budget, but it's it's kind of it's huge compared to what you can do. You've got to figure out another way of overcoming them, another way of beating them. Well, you can't hit them in the head with a with a stone, so to speak. So you just have to work harder. You have to work smarter. You have to look at the opposition and identify their strengths and their weaknesses. Then you've got to go after where their weak spots are mm-hmm. and avoid confronting them where their strengths are. And for the guys that I worked with at VP that started the company and, and helped grow it to the way it was, and this is true with any endeavor that you do, if you put your blood, sweat, and tears in it and work, work smart and work hard, you're going to succeed. Because when you go up against the global guys, whether it's a suit in, in racing fuel or gasoline and oil or some other company, a lot of those people are nine to fivers. Mm. they've gone to college, they've gotten a job, they're working at this company, they're trying to maybe have a nice resume so they're on a fast track to some other promotion or some other position. So they may not be in that position very long. And so they punch in at nine, they leave at five, and they're gone. They don't think about it. Whereas the guys that I work with, me in particular, lived, eat, and breathe racing fuel and winning. And Mm -hmm. that's what it took, and that's how we got to be as successful as we are. Since then... Um, 76 got out of the racing fuel business. Shell got out of the racing fuel business. Elf changed their name. We had nothing to do with that, but they're now they're called Total. And, um, from being a small company, now VP is head to head with Sunoco and any other player in the world. So, um, I think we accomplished a lot and, uh, it all just took dedication and hard work, a little bit of luck. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Nine to five. I don't think I've ever done that. I, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, that's that just it. When you, when you, when you understand who you're competing against and that, that holds true even in sports. There, there are people that, that I hear about uh, Tom Brady or this guy, or that guy showing up and watching film at five or six o'clock in the morning, where some other guys might be rolling in at eight or nine. Well, I got, I got news for you. There's a, there's a secret. It's not really a secret to success. It's just hard work yeah. and dedication. Yep. Absolutely. That carries through to books too. When you write a book, it's a, it's a, it's a labor of love because you love the story. You love storytelling. And, um, for most of the people that I, that I know and deal with in authorship, it usually takes about a year to really create a, a good solid novel. And so after you've invested a year in something, um, you want, you want to be proud of it. You want it to be a success. It's like raising a baby. You want it to, uh, um, you want it to succeed and do well. Absolutely. Is there a, another book on your horizon? Do you think? Well, that's the that's the challenge for me right now. With COVID, everything got got stacked up. One of the editors I worked with um, got very very sick, and he was out of commission for about three months. And when oh, he goodness. came back to work, he lost he had lost his voice. His vocal cords had been paralyzed oh, as gosh. a result of of this. And so we got backed up on releasing a couple of books. So we just released a bunch of them this summer. We released the, the export series. The one, the first one is called the export. It's about an FBI agent who was framed by the powers that be in Washington because he was investigating a little too close to them. And they set him up for a crime he didn't commit. And they told him, here's the deal. You can either work outside the United States or go to jail. So he became the export and worked outside. I wrote the sequel to that, uh, which is called The Exports Revenge, which is getting fantastic reviews everywhere that it's read. So my dilemma is, there's only so many hours in the day. People want a, uh, they want me to write a sequel to Deadly Driver, and they also want me to write a sequel to The Exports Revenge. So I'm trying to do both, which is a fantastic juggling act when, you, when you're dealing with two <laughs> yeah. storylines. But it's, it's a struggle. But the best part of all this is, which makes me very happy, most of the things that I write, because I said they're fast-paced and they're thrillers, and uh, I don't waste a lot of time on a lot of nonsense. The one common theme that comes about from all my books is people say, 
this needs to be a, a series or this needs to be a movie. And so mm-hmm. I'm very, very proud of that. And so, uh, hey, Tom Cruise, if you're listening, um, you're in England right now shooting Mission, Mission Impossible 7. And I do have people that are trying to infiltrate uh, his, his inner sanctum with copies of Deadly Driver. So uh, if he's listening, hopefully I'll pick up a copy. I think it'd be awesome. Well, that was going to be my next question is movie dumb. I, mean, I think this book makes, make, I could see it. Absolutely, uh, working that oh, yeah. way. So yeah, and yeah, Tom would be a good one to fit that. He he certainly has found his niche. That's for sure. Uh, it's amazing. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Uh, is there one special vehicle really stands out for you? What is it? And maybe share a story about that ride. Well, actually, I've had a bunch of different cars and trucks. I drive. I drive a a, a nice Toyota uh, Tacoma pickup, a four wheel drive that'll get me up and down hills and take me anywhere I want to go. I like luxury. I like Mercedes. I like BMWs. I like speed, but I like the utility of this particular vehicle. But my favorite car of all time was a 76 Dodge Charger that I had and loved it because as I, as I told you um, earlier, got involved with NASCAR, got involved with Richard Petty and Dodge Chargers and all that. So I had a Charger. But what happened to me one night, um, I was probably 17, 16, 17. And I decided, because I was a knucklehead kid who liked to drive fast, didn't think about the outcomes. I decided to challenge a tractor trailer while we were running out of lanes um, on I-95 down in Virginia one night. And we were going so fast that we ran out of ground really quickly. And we both managed to to get away from each other and, and make it through that night. But it was at that point that I finally realized, just at 16, that... Um, Wow, life uh, life doesn't go on forever, and I just put myself in a bad way. And I've really, really tried to never do that again. I see a lot of street racing, and I see a lot of other things. But sometimes you just do something stupid because your your youth hasn't uh, hasn't been scared yet. Well, that scared the living hell out of me. Yeah. And uh, so I've I've chosen since then to drive on racetracks and off road in, in Baja instead of uh, yeah. doing anything stupid on the street anymore. Well, smart thing, uh, for sure. Was that an RT? The 76 Dodge Charger? Was it the RT version? You know, you know, I'm, I've had so many cars since then. You're going to kill me. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a car guy, but I can't remember. It was a, it was a, it was a beautiful blue piece. I was regarded as a dope and a mope because all my friends, uh, were four guys or Chevy guys, but I, I went after the Dodges and the, and the Mopar products and going back to the funeral home, we had a station wagon, funeral homes use station wagons for a variety of things and never told my dad this, but, uh, we wound up buying a, I had a friend that worked at Elbrock. So we got a, uh, we got really nice intake manifold from him from out in California shipped to us. Got a four barrel holly and put dual exhaust on the station wagon and and it was probably the fastest flower car anybody's ever seen. But um so I stayed with, with Bopar products for the longest time. It sounds but, like uh, I can't I can't remember. Now you're gonna have to make me go back and look that up. <laughs> you're gonna have to go no. you have to go check that out. Well, uh thankfully you didn't uh, end up where some people that were customers of your father ended up. My goodness, that's a scary thing. And uh yeah, slow down. You just have to go to YouTube to look at the buffoonery that happens on roadways, especially with the uh, video cameras that are in people's windshields now and the things yeah, that people yeah, see. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's scary, scary time. So be careful out there. Now, I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit here, JK. I'm going to be your psychologist, psychiatrist. If you were manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but your personality in a vehicle, what kind of vehicle would you be? But more importantly, why? Oh, I'd have to be a Subaru rally car, an all-wheel drive Subaru rally car. Cool. Or, uh, or maybe, yeah, I love the capabilities of those cars, and I love that type of racing anyway. Um, I've done some oval track stuff and some road course driving, but 
running through the mountains, running through the hills wide open, uh, like Travis Lestrade and David Higgins and all those other guys do, and Ken Black, I'm so impressed because it has got to be one of the scariest things oh, you gosh. can do. I can't even... I can't, you know, you see some of those in-car cameras of those rally guys, yeah. especially when they're driving through yep. like forests and things with giant trees that, that want to like mm-hmm. jump in front of you and kill you. I can't, it's the same as watching MotoGP. It, it makes me, it's exciting, but it makes me nervous. I, I don't know how they yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I alluded to that earlier when Bryce Winters, the main character in Deadly Driver, got his start up in rally racing in, in Vermont. Something happened during a rally race, which made him say, oh, I think I need to do something a little different. And so I'll leave your readers to discover what happened. Okay. You know, I found a lot of successful people like to give back to others and help others, either as mentors or so forth. Are there some ways that you found uh, that are rewarding to you that you give back to others? Best thing I could say is that I've I've had an opportunity because I do an awful lot of book signings and events. Um, I run into an awful lot of people that have always wanted to write a book, never known how to, never known how to get started, or have tried and failed because maybe they were led down the wrong path or they didn't know which way to go. Um, and so I try and suggest to them any help that I can. I can I can listen to what they did right or what they did wrong and make some suggestions on maybe you should try this, maybe you should call this guy, he's a great editor, or maybe... Um, in some cases, maybe you need to think of another career because some of the some of the folks come up with some things that you have to decide when you write. Are you writing because you love writing or are you writing to try and make a living? And for me, I love it because I love storytelling. I love telling people stories. And so uh, any help I can give. There's a lot of in the industry because the industry is so fractured right now with self-publishing and conventional publishing and all the other issues that came as a result of the COVID issue. There are authors today who haven't been paid by publishing houses because the publishing houses have invoked the act of God clause in their contracts. The act so, of God clause. With COVID, yes. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we're not, we're not going to pay you because, yeah, so that's not the case with me, but I've heard that's caused another big ripple in the book industry. And so um, it's, there's, there's, there's some crazy things going on in the industry, but the best thing we can do is as authors, just try and give people some good reads and, mm-hmm. uh, get in front of them and, and entertain them. Uh, your wife, uh, you said she listens to Audible a lot, which is great because a few of my books are on Audible. I listen to Audible myself all the time too. I fly a lot, I drive a lot. And so uh, I slap the headphones on or just run it through the radio and here we are. You know, it's a great way for people who don't enjoy sitting down and reading to enjoy books. Uh, you can go for a walk, uh, get on the treadmill. Like you said, drive, whatever you want to do, fly. Uh, it really is a good way to escape, and it's a wonderful way. And I'll tell you, I've said this to my listeners before, there's a really well-kept secret that a lot of people don't know. If you join your public library, your audiobooks are free, and they will send them to your device for free. And you can order pretty much any book that exists in audio form, and they'll let you have it. Now, I know that you don't like that as the one who sells books. However, <laughs> however, I do share that because a lot of people say, well, books, you know, I can't, I can't buy all these books, whatever. I say, well, no, you've got a resource there that your tax dollars pay for. And I found, yeah, I found, at least for my wife, it's gotten her into more books, which has resulted in her buying more books. So I think it works all the way around. I like to ask my guests about books that they've enjoyed. Now, obviously, you're fueling around and Deadly Driver, I'm going to put on your show notes page because those are the books I want our Cars Yow listeners to get their hands on today. But is there a book by another author that you've particularly enjoyed that you'd like to share that you think our listeners should read? Well, 
the two that I've read the mo- most recently, one is by Neil Bascom, which is called Faster. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a true story. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent book. I don't know if you've had Neil on the show. I have. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. And uh, that's a fascinating book. And then the other thing that's very popular right now is Jack Carr. I don't know if Jack's been on your show or not. Um, he's got Carr in his last name, but he doesn't mention cars very often. But you know something? You should have him on because he's got he's, he's really excited about Land Cruisers. And uh, he's always got them in his books. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL. Brilliant guy, a brilliant author. He's been reading since he was probably six or seven years old. I think the story goes that his mom was a librarian. Uh And uh, I I share that with him because when I was in sixth grade at the local school, we opened up a new library in the school and they asked for volunteers. I said, oh, my mom would love to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was great. So I went home and told her I just made her a librarian. But but Jack Carr's books are excellent. He's always in the number. He's always in the uh, New York Times bestseller list. And from a bucket list standpoint, that's where I hope to go someday. Don't know if I'll ever be there, but maybe uh, you just got to keep working, keep trying. That, well, that's the thing I've heard. I've had hundreds of authors on this show, and they just say, you have to sit down and write. My son's writing a book right now. He loves to write. He reads like my wife. I mean, just devours books. He works in the tech industry, but uh, he, is re- he is writing a book. I can't wait to read it. But he said, you know, it's just some days I don't feel like writing, but I sit down and I write. And that's the key. And I've heard that from many, many people. You just have to start. It's like anything. Like yeah. driving or painting, or yeah. you pick anything. You just have to start and do a little bit of it every day or a lot, depending on what your mood might be. Yeah. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive here, JK. This is a fantasy ride. You get to pick any car in the world that you're in. You get to pick anyone in the world, living or deceased, you would be with, and you get to go anywhere in the world. What does your ultimate drive look like? I think, to be honest with you, Mark, I probably want to be riding alongside Richard Petty when he won the 84 Firecracker 400 at Daytona. And then, uh, and then follow him up to meet Ronald Reagan. I think that would have been an awesome afternoon. I've been, thanks to Dara Walter, but I've been in Victory Lane many times at Daytona, never as a driver, but as a PR guy, throwing Gatorade hats on his head and pulling the other hats off his head. And, <laughs> You're the and, guy that does the, hat, the hats. I'm I'm one one of the guys who are those do guys that. doing those hat switches? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it, it used to get pretty intense when you knew you only had about a minute worth of television time. Um, and somebody put a Coca-Cola hat on. It's like that turned into a Frisbee. So I had a Gatorade on him and, and we kept going from there. But um, Teddy was my hero, still is. And uh, I know that I'll never get an opportunity to take a checker at Daytona. And so if I could have gone along for that ride, that would have been cool. Very cool. And yeah, meeting Ronald Reagan, that'd be pretty cool too. So uh, yeah, I like it. Nice ultimate drive. Well, you have taken us on a very cool, deadly drive with Deadly Driver today. Uh, <laughs> love this book. I really encourage listeners out there to get your hands on this. You're going to love this one. Again, fast paced, fun, cars tied into a racing, excitement, adventure. It has it all. Before I let you go, JK, could you share maybe a little uh, uh, mantra, success quote, words of wisdom with our listeners? Yeah, certainly. I came across a sign at a store years and years ago, and I bought it immediately, and I stuck it in my office. And it's it's assume nothing. That's all it says. <laughs> um, I in when we were growing the business and some of other things that I've done, somebody would come in and tell me something failed or something didn't work out right, and they always started with, "Well, I assumed so and so was going to do it, or I assumed so and so put the pumps on the truck that were take that were going to a race 800 miles away." Um, can't pump race fuel out of a drum if you don't have the pumps on board. So assume nothing was one. And the other one, especially in these day and times, is diversify or die. Hmm. Whether whether it's businesses or, or entrepreneurs or self-employed people, um, if sales are a challenge and things aren't going the way they are, uh, open open things up a little bit. Prepare to diversify because uh, 
their strength. That's why I got five fingers, not just one. <laughs> I love it. And you know what they say about assuming makes an ass so. out of you and me. <laughs> so There you go. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. bingo. What are the best ways people can get their hands on a copy of Deadly Driver? Simplest thing to, to get a hold of the paperback or the digital version or the audible version is just go right to Amazon. But if you want to read any of the excerpts from any of the books or listen to some of the excerpts, you can go to jkkelly.com. And there's also links there to take you to my Facebook and my Instagram, my Twitter pages. Awesome. I'll make sure you put all these links on JK's page so you can get your hands on these. And again, uh, lucky av- or lucky advertiser. We won't give these to advertisers. Uh, lucky listener, if you just go to the Car Show website, click on the free book button, I'll send you my filler up book. It's going to win a copy of uh, this book. I think what I'll do as soon as I'm done, completely done reading the rest of the book, I haven't quite got all the way through it. But when I do, I'll give away my other copy too. So uh, I always like awesome. to pass books along to people because they don't do much good sitting on a shelf. That's for sure. So uh, go there, sign up. In a couple weeks here, we'll give away a couple books. That sounds pretty good. And I want to do a shout out to our good mutual friend, Judy Stropas, who introduced me to JK. Judy has brought so many incredible guests. I think she knows everybody. And uh, she's She's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. She's been a guest here, Hall of Famer. So, uh, Judy, thank you for another winner here, uh, J.K. Kelly. J.K., hey, thank you for spending some time with me today. Awesome job with this book and all your books and all your work. This has been a delight. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Adios. (laughs) Adios to you, too. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.